Before we get going into the basement, I wanted to take a little bit of time to honor some fallen troops. Chief Master Sergeant Timothy Strickland and Senior Master Sergeant Lynn Olkives. I was fortunate enough to serve with both of them and beneath both of them in the Minnesota Air National Guard. They did great things uh, throughout their service for this country, and they both uh, uh, tragically lost their lives to uh, different varying forms of cancer in the last week. So I just wanted to say my thoughts and condolences are with the Strickland family and with the archives. All right, this one's going to be fun. Let's get into the basement. Welcome to the basement. Welcome to the basement. To the basement what is good everybody I'm actually uh I'm out in my dojo right now aka the garage and MGK just dropped a track the other day it might have been yesterday yesterday the day before called smoke and drive and I decided uh it's uh Roll the windows up when I get in the car And I'ma light one up Hit the gas station, I'ma get a cigar So we can smoke this blunt So that's what I decided to do this evening Get in the car Roll the windows up Smoke this blunt And it really got me thinking about Eau Claire, Wisconsin sitting here chilling if you if you see the mgk video he's out i presume he's uh he's at the crib as all of us are and he uh he's just in his car filmed the videos it was it was a smooth take on the video the way that they went about making it but it, it really made me think about just being in eau claire wisconsin and because that the, the track did because my mom's when I got to a, a certain age, my mom could only have so much control. But what about rules was uh, no smoking marijuana in the house. She's like, I'm not gonna restrict you from doing anything, dude. You're just gonna go do it anyways. You know she she recognized you know who I am. I guess <laughs> that's my mom. But she's like, you can't do that shit here. So we'd be out in the, in the driveway in my 1989 Ford Taurus, windows up, out there smoking, me and whomever, any which one of the homies. I used to go home on like my lunch break from school just because it was kind of close to the high school and it was a spot motherfuckers could smoke. There's a, there's a few other people who uh, we could get down like that in high school, but it's few and far between. And uh, I'm thinking about bringing y'all some of the Eau Claire Chronicles. I haven't even barely touched on Eau Claire yet. 
And that was, I moved to Eau Claire, Wisconsin in 1995, summertime. So I was in Minneapolis suburbs, St. Paul suburbs, some even a little bit further out than the suburbs. Got into rural, the rural uh, areas of Minnesota for a little bit. They're, they're developed now, but back then I was, one of the trailer parks was in a cornfield, straight up. And, uh, we went to Illinois briefly for, I don't know, maybe a little bit more than half of my fourth grade school year. So 94, 95, and then that summer, we kicked it to Eau Claire. And we went from Minnesota to Illinois because my mom's boyfriend, baby daddy, uh, Randy, he got a job transfer. My mom was pregnant with my little bro. So we were only there for a quick little turnaround, fourth grade, not even a full school year. And then ended up in Eau Claire. And that was, I was there from fifth grade to 11th and a half grade. Halfway through 11th grade, I decided to change high schools. Uh, we'll get there. But that time was, was wild. So I, ain't nowhere like Eau Claire. And it's odd, you know, I came from Illinois. It was a, woof, predominantly black school. Which was my first experience with that. And if it wasn't predominantly black, it was damn near 50-50. If it wasn't 51% black people in there are better, I'd be a little surprised. But that was my first experience with that shit. Uh, I was always in the trailer park, just around white people. We lived in uh, Eden Prairie, Minnesota. Uh, Farmington, Minnesota. Blaine. Minnesota, and then ended up in Freeport, Illinois. So it was a little bit of a culture shock at at nine, ten years old to go into that. Then to get reshocked back into white peopleville in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, which was weird, man. Just growing up biracial. In Eau Claire, Wisconsin, being one of the, the darkest things roaming around. And you could pretty much count any person of color in Eau Claire in the 90s on your hand. One hand. And shoot. In the elementary school, there was three. Three, at least in the fifth grade. I, I know there's probably a couple younger kids. But three in, in the fifth grade. And two of us were mixed. So black, I mean, I don't call myself. I, 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 I never knew what the fuck I was. I was just more or less like I was a black dude, you know. And then I never really identified beyond that until till way later in life. But, you know, to say there's three, three black people, but two of them are biracial. So like, really it's, it's one, two black dudes and a white dude, right? So, I don't know, man, but I had a, in fifth grade, when I moved there, there was a white boy Riley, and he was kind of, people kind of picked on Riley in elementary school, and I was the new kid. I need to take that into consideration, I sit back and reflect on 
on my life and my psychology. So I, I don't know, I think I picked on him maybe just like, a, like a little bit. But I was the new kid, like adjusting, like still like wore dirty sweatpants, uh, sweatsuits every day. You know, I barely broke into wearing jeans like the end of the fifth grade school year. I was wearing sweatsuits, matching sweatsuits, black, purple, yellow. I had sweatsuits, bro. Like I had sweatsuits. So whatever I could do to fit in, like I probably tried to do that. And then it's sixth grade. Like, so Riley lived like right around the corner. For the elementary school And I lived around a different quarter From the elementary school So we came and it was diff- different directions We lived just as close But in different directions From school So I didn't really fuck with dude like that And then come 6th grade We walked the same route Like we weren't We weren't considered uh, No we were bus distance No not to the middle school To the high school we were bus For to the To the middle school It was walking distance Considered and it was it was a good for him because so I moved so I moved off from the elementary school I moved a little bit closer to the middle school into so uh, my mom and her baby daddy split up and They got out of the the place. We were living in a townhouse by the elementary school and then we went to another trailer park me and my and uh, little bro Cody and then uh Started walking to middle school And then Riley was walking to middle school With uh Christina And Jenny See she goes by Jennifer these days And uh So I was kinda It was like It was early the school year Early the school year First second day First week for sure And uh I was walking home one day and I was kind of just lagging behind Riley. I was like, Riley's walking with Christina and Jenny, okay. And then this cat, Ty, came up next to me. He's like, I hate that little motherfucker. I was like, why? He's like, because he's just a little, just look at him. Like, he didn't, he just started just, he was just a 13, 12, 13 year old boy with hormones. He didn't have a dad and his hormones were raging. And I actually previously, Tyrell Sessions lived on my block and uh, at the like top of the hill when we lived in the townhouse by the elementary school. So before we moved out of there, he was like one of the closest kids. Like, and my mom ended up doing his mom's hair. So I hung out with him like once. And that was kind of it. Maybe a couple times. Like, and like, so we were familiar. But I'm still adjusting. So... Then the school year starts and he's like, he's like, oh, hey, I'm walking that way because, bam, we were all walking that way. I didn't move that far. The trailer park would have been, well, if we're walking home from school, the trailer park would have been the first stop. And then the rest of them would have gone about their separate ways. So as I'm nearing walking home from school this day, lagging behind Riley and dude's talking to me. He said, how he wants to whoop Riley's ass. And it was like, I'm at the trailer park. I'm like, man, it was, there was this big hill at the, at the Fairfax Park. There was this walking trail. And, there, and it's just a steep, steep, like, it's not even really a hill. Like, it's not supposed to be, but it's, they, they, 
they dug the, the walking trail down like under Fairfax and you got this nice wooded walk like that part right there that's on Fairfax Street uh, they dug it down so it's just a steep just decline like steep as fuck and down into the walking path and he rolls up on Riley Tyrell he just said he's like I'm doing it dude and I was like don't do it he runs up on Riley and just pushes him down and I just see Riley the fear just the fear in his eyes looking up at at this like just he dude came out of nowhere for no reason and just pushed him down and he's like ready to fight him just a raging hormone 12 year old like what the fuck and Riley was little let's not get that fucked up Riley was little white boy Riley's little as fuck um he didn't become he didn't get he didn't get adult size till way later way later so I was like fuck so I looked at it and right then I guess that day I just made a decision I was like I guess I'm gonna take care of this dude and uh, I ran up on Tyrell Sessions and just fucking shoulder checked that motherfucker I just ran up to lower my shoulder tuck my head and just boom just bang that motherfucker down that uh that hill and uh not he fell down like a good little bit his glasses fell off his head and uh he looked up at me like I was, he was like what what'd you do that for I was like I told you not to do that and uh that was that me and Riley been cool ever since so I got a chance to to talk to him the other night and uh it was a pretty alright conversation so I'm gonna bring y'all that um I'm gonna get up out of here Everybody, I hope you're staying healthy. I hope you're well. I hope your loved ones are well. Um, we're in an interesting time. You know, I, you know, we got to just roll with it. Stay clean. Take care of what you can take care of. And uh, we got kind of got to let the rest sort itself out. You know, not everybody is in a too dissimilar situation right now. So let's do this together. Uh, but y'all be cool. Check on a vet. Hug your loved ones. These niggas love me in the streets, but I don't gang bang. These niggas fuck with my beats because my nuts hang. Burn holes in every pair of my jeans. I got a closet full of dirty hoodies, smelling like weed. And I'm still looking for the way. Sometimes I just be drinking and I'm smoking all day. So please don't mind if I chill. I'm looking up to the heavens while I'm strolling to hell. What up? Half the shit I do, I know my wife and she hate it. I got another tattoo, I know my wife and she hate it. When I drink that loon juice, I know my wife and she hate it. So I beat the pussy up every day, so amazing. Reality's a bitch and I think I wanna ride her. Cause niggas is so Cause niggas is so Reality's a bitch and I think I wanna ride her. Cause niggas is so Cause niggas is Yo, what up? You're on the podcast. <laughs> What's up? You're on the podcast. I'm on the podcast. I was check, just checking to see how you're doing with all this craziness going on. It's fucking crazy, bro. I don't know. I'm doing, I mean, health-wise, everybody in, uh, in my household's all good, but, I mean, the world's going crazy. My mom just tested positive. 
Fuck, for real? Yeah, no Where, shit. Where's she at? She's at home. She quarantined with 18 other people. Damn. They just came off a flight, huh? No, it's from mail. Hmm? Mm, mm. But wasn't she just uh, in Mexico or something? Yeah, like a, like a month and a half ago. Hmm. Damn, so how's she feeling? How's she doing? What's up with Patty? Well, she says it's like she doesn't have any temp. Um, she doesn't really have a bad cough, like they say, or whatever. Her, her chest feels hot, she says, and she's super tired, and then she's, you know, her stomach is sick and stuff, so. Damn, dude, that's fucking crazy shit, man. I guess she's been sick for almost a week now. But, like, just now getting to a point she feels the need to go to a doctor? No, she went to the doctor on Monday. She just told me today. Oh, okay. So she was she tested positive on Monday. She's been quarantined since Thursday, I think, with the 18 other people or whatever. And only three people have had the actual test done so far out of the 18. Oh, shit. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, we'll see if there's more or not. Right. I guess there's like an investigation into it and stuff like where it came from or who, you know, originally had it or whatever. They're trying to figure out so much right now. Like people think like, oh, we're we're past the bulk of it. If we hunker down for a couple of weeks, things are going to be all good. It's like, no, this just started. This is the very beginning. Like we're still barely a month, not even a month into this. Right, right. I don't know, man. I'm just talking. No, yeah. I'm just talking out of my ass. But I think things are going to be kind of shut down for the first half of the year. What's going on up there, though? Um, y'all on like mandatory quarantine, or what's going on in Wisconsin? No, I still got to work. Um, I'm considered essential or expendable, however you want to look at it. Uh huh. So so am I. <laughs> so yeah, I still go to work and stuff. I haven't really left my house other than going to work and going to the gas station and coming home. But Are people coming in to eat, or are they just coming to get takeout? No, just takeout. We're okay. only allowed takeout um, oh. and drive throughs and stuff like that. Like, Mona Lisa's, they, she shut down all of her establishments. Yeah, I mean... I think everybody should be, we should be shut down completely and entirely. Nothing should be open. Nobody should be doing anything except the emergency services, man. They got me. I'm a fucking realtor, bro. They got us deemed. And they got you selling shit? They got us deemed essential. Bro, if you go out, you buy a house, right? The next step is we do inspections. A home inspection can have anywhere from four to 12 people there. Like, just depending on how many inspectors are going on. Like, it's, it's, it's insane. We're in and out of strangers' houses. Like, I'm not doing any of that shit. Like, I'm, you want to see houses? No, not happening. I'm not going. Right. Not well, going that's in. smart. That's what, that's what people should be doing. Well, well it's, my back deck is right. I can see Sam's Club parking lot and Walmart parking lot. It is packed. Every fucking day, it is packed. So people up here... They're, they're not getting it at all. I don't know. How is it down there for you? Like, I mean, I'm talking packed. I mean, restaurants are, I mean, they're all closed. It's takeout only. Bars are closed. Gyms are closed. Um, but, yeah, like, grow, like, so we went on mandatory, um, not shelter in place, but the, it's a stay-at-home order is what they called it. You can only leave for medical. Um, 
and to go to the grocery store and then jobs that are essential. But in Arizona, they deemed like everything essential. There's so much right, on the essential here, list. So much is on yep. the essential list. Like, what are you, what? It should be like, we need emergency services and like uh, to include electricians, plumbers, like emergency home services, like shit like that. But man, right. it's crazy. But like the grocery store, I haven't been to Walmart. I probably won't go to Walmart. Um, but I live about not even a half mile from a Safeway. And it's, I mean, there's steady people in there. Like it's, it's gotten better. I mean, it's, it's not crazy packed, but I'm not going near a Walmart. Like I'm not, it's, it's not happening. No, 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 no way. Well, thank God we got a quick trip up here. Right. <laughs> get, every, get everything I want on a quick trip. <laughs> well, shit. I mean, they got everything at the gas stations and shit here too. Yeah, it's, it's crazy what's going on. And like you said, it's definitely going to get worse before it gets better. I don't know about like, like my mom is super scared. She's like, Oh, there's, you know, younger people dying or healthy younger than her. Anyway, she's 62. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, I'm like, mom, just calm down. You're in good health. You're not overweight. You don't smoke. You don't drink. You know, I mean, you'll be fine. And she's all just like, well, this is like, I'll have to die alone. Cause they'll put me away and I won't see anyone. And it's, you know, it's sad, I guess. And I didn't really think about it that way. Like, yeah, they really will die alone. That yeah, that is a very wild thought. Like, cause that's so. That's one thing. Like when I got off the got out of the military, and I went to my grandma's memorial service. It was at she donated her body to the University of Minnesota, and I was. And they have a an annual thank you ceremony they fill up a, a theater so there's thousands of us in here and they're going through they're just it's an, an honor to those who donated their body and in the slideshow they everybody submits a picture well some people didn't have any families they were too old or they were you know lived a ratchety crotchety life like whatever what have you but the pictures of them some of them i think it was their dead body like in the hospital bed and some of them were just old and alone like in a hospital bed like nobody cared enough about them to submit a quality picture nice. yeah, you know nice like it, it's oh, insane that and, and that kind of like it changed my thought like at the, I, I, you know fresh off out of the military after 10 years like and would you I mean you can't relate but you transition off of active duty that that lifestyle the military lifestyle it's hard it's rough like it's just emotional roller coaster and I didn't have any idea what was going on in, in my life like and we were kicking it in that time frame but I was a fucking like yeah. kind of an emotional wreck like right when I got off the military I was just doing a little bit of everything everything just like what the fuck are is happening in my life but that sparked something in me like oh i don't want to die alone i do need to kind of get my shit together and, and you know be more mindful of myself and and, and thoughtful of, of those around and and not be alone when i die and let's choose a companion and, and build something upon that like that single moment i can point out was like a turning point seeing because it was more than one like and, and it was hundreds hundreds of people donate their body in, in to the right. university of minnesota like the medical the medical uh center or whatever the education there it's like one of the best in the country so there's all kinds of people itching and it, it it's free like my mom tried to sign up for the university of wisconsin they're like oh we need it was like four thousand dollars or something and then plus this transport fee blah 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 she's like what the fuck i just want to donate my body to help people so right right but yeah i had uh 
a couple of buddies, and I haven't got to talk to him yet. One is recovered and out of the hospital, and he said he had something of something. He so he just recovered from coronavirus, and he had something else in his family like serious happening right now. So he's unable to talk. And my other dude, I know he's still in the hospital, like not fully, fully out of it yet. So when I hear, and I don't know, I'm not too well read on it. I'm in fact, I'm trying to unplug as much as possible. But like people are dying in like seven days. So when I hear like Patty's got found out on Monday. That was probably after feeling kind of shitty for two, you know, a day or two, you know. She and says that, she's on day seven. So, like, you know, people have died in that time frame. So not to, you know, be overly optimistic, but shit, I'm optimistic. That makes me like, okay, she got the the mild one. Then there's conspiracy theories that there's like two things going around because, you know, people are testing positive and having no symptoms or barely being affected and other people are dying in, you know, a few days like it's it's just crazy right, right now man people need like the it's like the dc snipers back but like <laughs> everybody stay inside like these mother there's something out here killing a bunch of people and nobody's immune to it and it's getting more and more every every single day so we are on the upslope like it's it's fucking crazy, bro. It's crazy, man. I can't, I'm stressed out. I can't wrap my head around it. I don't know what to think. I don't know what the future holds. So I'm trying not to get too far ahead of myself, but I really think that we're going to be in this for the first half of the year. And that's completely talking out of my ass, but that's what I think. Yeah. I've heard August is when people are like, damn, really thinking, thinking that everything is going to come back wrong. Where where bars are open and restaurants are open again, and we're in full service swing. That's what I've heard so far. That's what people are saying. Um, my employer has been talking to the banks and their accountants and stuff to see if the stimulus package thing even is working or what's going on. I signed up for unemployment because I. You know, I'm working part-time because that's all we're open for. We're not open our entire business hours that I usually work. So, I mean, it's a mess from that, you know, financial standpoint as well. Like, not just, you know, my mom's sick and she might die. Like, my life could be ruined here in multiple ways, even if mom is fine. I mean, not ruined. Like, it's not just you. You're not at a in anything alone like everybody's going through the exact same thing and nobody was prepared for it so it's just a matter of the country has to figure some things out and move forward. i don't think anybody's gonna get left behind it they have to treat it like a pause like look the country paused on this day all right now it's time to so rebuild. okay but what are they gonna pause on because i hear them you know 1200 bucks you get 1200 bucks 500 if you got a kid sweet but if this happens, if this is going to go till August, are you going to do that every month? It's universal basic because income, man. It's just to cover your bare no. necessities. This is just, boom, it's forced. Boom, there you go. I was going to say, they just, they literally just forced that on everyone. And it's now it has to work. They have to figure it out. They have to figure it out now because that's what it's going to take. Because uh, right now, say my mom being sick right now with COVID-19, whatever. Wuhan virus. I got called a racist. <laughs> well, I mean, um, you're a little racist. Well, yeah, a little bit, but I mean, <laughs> obviously, obviously, if I say Wuhan virus is because that's where it originated, I'm not being racist. Like, was like, uh, was that on the internet? Yes, it was on the internet. Yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, anyway, like I said, I mean the financial aspect of everything that's going on, this is going to, if it lasts till August, you know, 
I don't know what what's going to happen. Nobody knows what's going to happen. That's why I don't know. It's it's why it's so stressful. But I'm of the like what the mentality, like the essence of myself is. We can only affect the things we can affect. Everything else just is what it is. But this is so massive of a thing that we can't. We're that's out of control, out of our control. But it's out of everyone's control. So it's like, yeah, I'm 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 stressed out too, man. But we we're literally in no control of it. So it's just go day by day. I really don't think anybody's going to be getting kicked out of their houses things are going to be forgiven like they, it, it's everybody we're, oh, no. in, we're in it together I just, fucking I just got a letter from my apartment complex I'll read it to you um, it's important to understand that this order does not mean tenants are not responsible for paying rent during this time tenants will still be responsible for the full amount of rent due on the first of the month any tenant who does not pay rent during this time is still subject to eviction upon the termination of the 60-day order. Yeah, after the 60 days. So you should still get right. Hypothetically. Well, no, no, I'm fine. I, I have grandma. I can pay rent. I'm not worried about that. But I'm just saying other people, you know what I mean? Like a lot of other people. If they're not working and these checks don't come by the time rent comes, you know, that's that's an eviction notice, and then after sixty days, once this this thing lifts, then you're kicked the fuck out. Maybe we'll see what song they're singing. They're not gonna like. There's gonna be people stepping on that dick. Like you, you can't just throw your dick out like that. They, I know that the person who owns that complex, they need to get their money. At the end of the day, right. that's what it is. That's a business. That's their income. That's an investment property. Uh, the the townhouses you live in, like that. Whoever owns it makes money off the real estate and getting the rent money. But nobody has their rent money, so everybody's losing right now. They, yeah, they put out that they're trying to act business as usual. Like business is not as usual. Like I don't I don't think people are going to be getting evicted now. When we all come back and places of employment start opening back and you can't get right within, you know, X amount of days, whatever that may be, whatever that looks like. Then you get evicted for sure. Yeah, there's not going to be any sympathy at at that point. I would understand that too, but it's like, like, I don't, like all the people in my, you know, a lot of the people in my apartment complex, you know, they're going to be, it's going to come this, you know, 60, 80, whatever, how many days it lasts and they're going to be like, rent's going to be like, all right, well, you owe us 4,800 fucking dollars if you want to stay here and no one's going to have that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. There's too many variables. There's too, too much. I don't know. There's just the most important thing. People are dying and people are getting extremely, extremely deathly ill. So we need to, at, at a massive rate and it's everywhere everywhere in the world like it's it's so close to being unsafe to even being outside the shit's airborne it's living on surfaces for extended lengths of time like it's it's fucking crazy like i don't i don't know there's i think do you, that, do you uh, believe in the conspiracy that north korea has zero no, and no. russia has like very little and that kind of shit no because russia they shut down too like you know just they they are shut down like no travel in no travel out like it's No, I do not. I think it's everywhere. Okay. You think it's just global pandemic, this fucking... All right, do you think it was bio, you know, bio-made or whatever the fuck it is? Or did the polar ice caps melt and release this shit? I mean, how did it, you know, mutate to a point where we don't have any vaccine or, you know, we can't figure out a vaccine fast enough to save people? Well, vaccines 
take 10 to 15 years to develop, just off top. I, I did not know that. Yeah, just off top. So this talk of, oh, we could possibly have one in 18 months. Okay, you're going to get a vaccine 10 times faster than any vaccine ever developed. I know technology is the shit in 2020. But come on, you're going you're gonna to right, stretch okay. the limit nope, that yep, much. I didn't know that at all. Yeah, so vaccines take a long time to make. And, like, we've never, it, there's been over 100 years since we've had a pandemic in the world. Like, nobody knows how to deal with it. Nobody was prepared. So, like, the medical side of it, I don't know. I'm dumb at science, bro. I cheated off your biology paperwork in ninth grade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yep. Like, I don't, like, I'm not great at science, but I know that vaccines take forever <laughs> to develop. And if that's what it takes to get out of this, we're going to be in this for a really, really, really long time motherfuckers got to get clean motherfuckers got to get hydrated start eating healthy start taking just better care of themselves clipping your fucking dirty ass long ass nails and keeping the, the, the shit out from underneath that man it i don't know we're we're at a turning point i think we've been at a social turning point for the last since facebook took off since the internet really became a thing you gotta figure we were in middle school when the internet kind of popped off AOL instant messenger so that's the yeah. mi- mid late 90s and then boom 10 years later it's it's Dodge something Dodge. else and then <laughs> Todd Shaw 332 <laughs> so yeah. then uh but then it just it we're we're 10 years 15 years past that in a, a point where hopefully the, the technology's caught up I don't remember you threw me off with the Todd Shaw shit I was on a I was on a rant I was on a soapbox <laughs> Dude, that AOL Instant Messenger shit was great. That was the best. Yeah, it was. That new new. Back when it was that new new. <laughs> Slide right. That was sliding into the DMs before there was sliding into the DMs. Absolutely, it was. <laughs> it was so bad. Just thirteen-year-old hormones raging. Just raging. We get to talk to girls. What's up, girl? Right. <laughs> mom, get off the phone. <laughs> yeah, that dial-up. But yeah, my mom. Yeah. Shit. After we got the internet, the phone was a thing of the past. We we ended up. We always had two phone lines after that. I think. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't. We had to fucking dial up, and I could only go on late at night. And <laughs> grandma would call, and it would go off. You know, I remember fucking downloading porn on LimeWire, and we'd wait three hours for a fucking thirty-second video. <laughs> Anytime, like I got so many viruses off LimeWire. I only went for porn like one time. I don't remember. It was like the uh, it was the Paris Hilton sex tape, and I I fucked up this Dell computer I had. That was like the only time I went because <laughs> porn was kind of. It's always been free. It's always been free. So, but that one, the Paris Hilton one, you that that one you definitely had to pay for back then. Like it was hard to get back then. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I I just tried. I was trying. I was like, I gotta see this. Everybody's talking about. It. I gotta see it. Like I don't. I don't care. I gotta see it. And I, yeah, I sacrificed a computer trying to get that motherfucker. God, what fucking movie was it? Not Titanic was. Uh, it was a good titty movie, but um, Fair Game. Cindy Crawford, I believe, shows her fucking neck That yes, in that movie, and I believe I rewatched that fucking scene like hundreds of times. Bro, there's uh, so when Family Video opened. I would just I was a I was a movie theater kid, man. Before we got to Eau Claire, like my mom like I was my mom worked she she cut hair, she always cut hair. But when we lived in Blaine, Minnesota, like I lived there was a Taco Bell, a movie store. It's called Adventures in Video, just like a family video. And then where my mom worked, all in like a couple little strip malls. So I that was my 
between the apartment and any of those three places pretty much where I always was just eating Taco Bell, blowing my ass out as a little kid, going to the, going to great clips to say what's up to my mom and then going to adventures and video and just looking at movies. Uh, so I always like grew up in a movie store. So when the family video opened in Eau Claire on Gulf road, we were living like right there. So I, I would go over there and I found, um, I think it was called Illicit Dreams, and there's like four or five of them. <laughs> but the first two or three have Shannon Tweed in them, and I, that's uh, Gene Simmons' wife, I think. And I don't know. Yeah, if, yep, yep. Yeah, and I don't know if Playboy. they. I don't know if they were married back then, and I just that was the most, like closest to porn we could get. Like Illicit Dreams went hard, dude. Shannon Tweed was sexy as. Fuck! I was like twelve, thirteen. Like I was like, oh shit! I was writing that the same movie just over and over again to watch Shannon Tweed, and then like Poison Ivy three or four, the one with um, uh, Presley. What's her name? Um, from My Name Is Earl, Lisa Marie, not Lisa Marie Presley. What's her name? Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Is that her name? Yeah, no, that's it. Uh, you sure? That's she not. She married Michael Jackson, right? Nah, yeah, but that's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the blonde. Um, man. Anyway, she had one of the Poison Ivy movies. There was some good, some good, uh, good action scenes in there for it being rated R. But that's crazy, man. They would just let me rent that shit at Family Video on Golf Road, in Oklahoma, Wisconsin. <laughs> yep, yep. Back in the day, like I'm clearly not 17. <laughs> no, yeah, you could get any R-rated videos except you couldn't go in the naughty room. Nah, Family Video didn't have that, did they? Yes, they did. It was in the back yes, left corner. Did. It was in the, it was the back left corner. Oh, I forgot Absolutely. all about that. Yeah, I kind of would peek my head at so that Adventures in Video. Uh, they had, like, the, the beads, the door beads, so I could kind of peek through the beads. But fa- the Family yeah. Video one, that shit was like a door. Yeah, that blocked off for real. I forgot about for that sure. part. Yep, yep. So I found my way I to re- it. I remember, <laughs> I remember renting Eddie Murphy Delirious or Raw, and we counted how many times. Times he said fuck and it was like 500 plus times in that stand-up i don't i don't remember i don't know but that's my one of my favorite stand-ups of all time and it was delirious that was my shit i, I hey, that must have that must have been it because i remember doing it with you like it was back when probably. we were kids fucking young as hell and we didn't hear fuck they didn't swear on tv they didn't swear on fucking the radio you couldn't Alanis Morissette got bleeped for saying shit yeah everything was edited I mean it's different that was uh, Tipper Gore that was pretty much the beginning of parental advisory stuff like when uh, NWA came out and uh, Tipper Gore had a huge hand in in the uh, that parental advisory tag with the uh, federal whoever governs editing music I forget uh, what their title is (laughs) But yeah, so that was kind of still at the beginning of that, the early 90s, mid-90s. So when, yeah, we're listening to Alanis Morissette and all that kind of jazz. They were really, really beeping stuff out. All right, so do you consider yourself a millennial? I know that we fall under the age group of millennials, but I don't consider self, myself a millennial because I had to deal with the 2K fucking dial-up internet. And most of these kids didn't. Like, my ex-wife didn't even know what Jurassic Park was. She, she thought it was a kid's movie. It is and a kid's not movie. anything... <laughs> well, oh, come on. It's not a... Come on. It's a family movie. You know movie. what I mean? She thought it was, it's like, cartoony movie. or fucking something like that. And I'm like, you know, like, that's a millennial. 
I don't, they don't know. They didn't. They didn't play outside until the lights came on, and you had to go in when it was dark. They didn't. They didn't. You know, ride their bike halfway fucking across town to go to a friend's house. What? Well, uh, yeah. Here. Yeah. They probably did. They probably do. Here's my stance. Like we're all people. It's all team human. So, and you get to a certain age where that shit doesn't matter. But when you're defining a generation, okay, then we're splitting hairs, and I'll entertain that conversation. No, I don't feel millennial-ish because I'm 10 years older than Cody, my little brother. He's a millennial to the fullest. He doesn't remember a life without internet. We're 12, right, we're 12, yeah, 13 to get before it ch- jumps off. So that, I think that's a drastic difference from fully, completely remembering a life. I had five fucking stepdads by the time, uh, the internet came around. Like I lived a few different variations of life. Like I lived multiple lives before there was ever internet. So some people, <laughs> like I don't fully identify with the millennial generation. And then when you view it, the online, the, uh, oh, I need a safe space. Oh, why need millennials? That I don't believe in. I love the millennial generation. I think they are going to be the greatest thing that ever happens to this country because they're the first generation to have all the knowledge of the, all the world. So they're going to be able to make and affect the most change for all of us. So in the next 20 years, when they're becoming upper management CEOs, like it's going to be drastically different shift, you know, the, just the care of people and some things are going to be different. I don't know. That's what I was saying. See, I don't agree. I don't agree with well, you. Hold on. Hold on. I don't like that. Hold on. That's what, that's what I was saying when I think we're amidst the culture shift and then now there's this pandemic and there's just going to be a massive culture shift within the culture shift. Why do you not agree with that? Um, well, okay. Let me ask you this. Do you agree with, um, guys who say they're girls competing in girls' sports? No. That's, that's, a, that's a hot topic for me. I do not at all. That's, that's a millennial thing. People, millennials think that that's okay. I don't so think so. So you say that, you say that they're going to, oh yeah, they do. I have, I, I work, that's all I work with is millennials, is kids. College kids who, you know, preach Bernie Sanders, which I like a lot of what Bernie says, don't get me wrong. Um, but I mean the safe space stuff. Yep. They got that. Um, what, what's that? Um, fibromyalgia. Yeah. Fibro- fibromyalgia. Yeah. Whatever that is. Okay. Or anxiety or whatever it is. Motherfucker. We all have, you know, so you can't just blame you not wanting to do something, go to work, whatever it is. Because you think of this safe space. I mean, you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable. I can't do that. No, you just got to fucking do it anyway. Like, that's what life is. Like, I don't, yes. Balls I, up, go do it. I agree, but I don't think that applies to the majority of, we're talking about millennials still, I don't think that applies to anywhere near the majority of millennials. I think that's a very, very small percentage. As far as the fibromyalgia and, and that point, to the, the transgender stuff, there's a difference between psychology and physiology, point blank period. Like, it's not all right. You're genetically a man. You have, like, think about just what a small man can do to a relatively large woman. Like, it's it's insane. The hips are different. The muscle's different. It's just, it's different. It's not okay. And when we try to say, oh, well, where do we draw the line then? There, at competition. 
We draw the line at competition. At competition, absolutely, absolutely, at competition. You can be whatever, whomever you want. I'll call you whatever name you want. Uh, I, sure. I think it's a different conversation that I don't necessarily want to get into when we talk about bathrooms, but I think that's it's such a small percentage of people. It's use right, right, use right. the bathroom that, of the genitalia you have. I mean, at the end of the day, gun to my head. There's there's unisex bathrooms all over the place. They're, you know they're, I mean? they're not like, new. Family bathrooms, they're, they've existed exactly. for a long time. It's, that's not a new thing. You know, you lock the door, you, you go in, you shut the door, you lock it, no one else can come in, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, open stalls, like watching a woman come in and piss in a fucking, in, in the, you know, pickle fucking stall or whatever, Yankee Jack stall or whatever the fuck it is. You know, those stainless steel fuck, they're just lying down the fucking roll urinals, whatever. Um, I don't know. Go for it. I don't fucking care. It's not going to bother me pissing. But, you know what I mean? I don't think a grown-ass guy who still fucks women, you know what I mean? Like, just transgender. He still likes to fuck women. He just wants to look like a woman who should go into a bathroom with my daughter at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's, we have to think about, I mean, in, like, honestly, the children, the children we need to think about, and, and as specifically the safety and just how we're framing people. It's really strange for a little girl to see a man who appearing to be a man walking into the woman's room when she's old enough to recognize the difference. Like it's, Absolutely. I don't know. I think the, the bathroom conversation, it's a little bit more nuanced, but still not as deep as they're trying to make it. So many places do have just unisex bathrooms. Like it's insane. I don't know why it's, it's such a difficult conversation, but no, I think I, I really believe it's like a, a loud minority giving the millennial generation a bad name. Like I think it's the the soon to be best generation that has happened and, and everyone thereafter to get better. Like I think boomer, I just, I, that okay. Boomer shit. Are. That's brand new. I just heard that started randomly the other day. I was like, I've been saying that I've been yeah, saying that shit. I've been saying that shit for 10 years. Like it's leftover. Bo- it's leftover. Maybe. Okay. Maybe not 10 years, but I'm saying, but I've been saying it for at least five leftover boomer mentality. That's the way I've been. Okay. Boomer. Every, well, every I, time my kids, every time my kids don't want, to hear what I want to tell them, they're like, okay, boomer. Right, see, they don't even know what it means. They don't know what a boomer is. Like, I feel like they've been the most detriment to the way this country operates you know, uh, as far as uh, the way it governs. There's so many of them with so many wrong ideas who bought into so much propaganda, highly based on leftover World War II propaganda, a lot of government overreach and, and, and things that form that generation the way that they are today and still running shit. I'm very much ready for them to be out of the picture. And I don't mean I want all baby boomers to die, but I'm ready for them to be completely retired, like an out of authoritative yeah, but we positions. got another 25 years of that in the Senate. No, we don't. We have 5 to 12. I thought they can go to... I thought they can go forever, and there's like 50 year olds and 40 year olds in there. What young? Are you, if are, even if you're 50, even if you're 50 to 60 years old in the Senate, you're still thinking like my parents, my dad, my mom, grandma's mentality. You're still talking about all that boomer shit. Potentially, you're thinking small town Wisconsin, though. Like that, yes, boomers raised 
Gen X. That is what it is. And Gen X is the quote-unquote next in charge. But they're already in those roles. Boomers, they're, I mean, a young boomer is 60, 65 right now. Like, they're, they're not working. They're mostly retired for whatever reason they're allowed to still run the country and make decisions. As far as I'm concerned, if you're old enough to be eligible for Social Security, you are no longer eligible for public service in any capacity, period. That should be somewhere in law. Like, it, you're, you're out of touch. At that point, you're, complete, you're so far out of touch with the needs of the people and the youth that are coming up front and what they need to, to properly run the country and leave a, a proper legacy for everybody around. Like, you, you just need to... Take take some time Agreed. and Agreed. rest, it regenerate. And like, oh, no, I know better. I've seen this. I know better. I've seen this. It's like, well, no, you haven't because you haven't seen it because it's fucking brand new to all of us. Like like you just said, we're 10 years from 10 years ago or even 20 years ago, Internet-wise. Like, they haven't seen it. They don't know better. Yeah. And, but, and, pass the torch. and at the same time, to talk out the other side of my mouth, I still think they should be available as to consult. They should, they should have to be some type of liaison to, to specific services, whatever that be, militarily or just whatever, just anything and everything. Education, housing, just all types of things. Okay, let's 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 advise the elder council and just see what happens. And and we don't have to put a name on it as boomers or Gen X or whatever the millennials, whatever the generation is. Just you know, I like elder council. I say we go with that. Well, that's yeah. We should have a council that runs the country with an elder uh, elder council they take advice from. <laughs> exactly. I, I I say let's go with that. Then, then you you have to run your fucking brainiac ideas behind people who actually been through some shit. Yeah, most of them are going to be like, nah, I'm not going to do that. But some of them are be like, well, that's not really a bad idea. Well, how about we just tweak it like this? And then it comes out perfect. Yeah, I mean, everything, I mean, I think that's life. I think you take it at a core level, the individual, and going through life, the decisions you make, and you wind up in a certain place, you tweak and calibrate to move on from that last decision you made, and hopefully you tweak and calibrate properly to be in a better position. Okay, let's put that on a grander scale. Let's do that. Let's not make things so yeah, difficult. Yeah, I was going to say, you just nailed life right there. Let's not, yeah, okay, well, thanks. I, 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 don't, I don't think so. I think I got a long way to go. But, uh, you know, let's apply that on a large scale. Okay, okay, we did that. Like, we have such a short memory just as a people. Like, I was in a conversation just yesterday. Somebody said something to the effect of, I try not to think about the Holocaust because how could somebody just do something so bad? It's like, no, we do need to think about the Holocaust because people did something so bad. We can't have such short memories. We can't block things out. We need to always be thinking about the previous choice that was made and move forward and recalibrate from that for something that's well, better that great, we can leave for society. In that. I'm sure you know it. Something I, about if those who don't know history or something doomed to repeat itself or whatever. There, yeah, there's a yeah. famous quote like that. Yeah, if you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. I don't know the, the, the quote, quote, but it's, that's, the, that's the sentiment of it, yeah. That's the gist of it, yeah. But we're so, like, even people think uh, somebody who's, I understand there's a lot of psychological things that go into it, but there's also psychological issues on a large scale, too. But somebody who stays with an abusive partner, like, something like that, like, over and over again, where it's just like, dang, this started, let's catch these red flags. We've got to make better choices and get out of where we are. You know, we have such a short memory and are so quick to not think about the major decisions. Oh, let's, 
uh, the, I, I don't want to entertain this argument, but the, hey, build a wall. And I, that's, I get that's a campaign thing, and there's still people screaming it to this day. But let's look at the literalness of it. Build a wall. Okay, if we were to do that, let's go look at the history of countries who surrounded themselves with a wall. Never worked out very well. Not once. Not once. I'm going to spare some details, but like it doesn't work. We don't put walls up. We have. We need to put other things in place. We need to treat yeah. hu- treat humans like humans. And in this country, get to everybody to a same starting point. Like you know, equality breeds inequality of outcome. Like, but let's make everybody equal at the start. You get these things. You know. Right. But remember me saying to you when I asked you this question before, we're not the United States of the world. We're the United States of America. So they need to come here legally. When he said build a wall, I didn't think a fucking literal wall. I thought he meant in terms of we're going to stop people from coming in illegally, like a wall. Like there has some been some kind of security force that's working, but. Like I said, I don't believe that we're the United States of the world, and I don't think everyone should just come here. That's a deep insight, and I actually do agree with your insight of the metaphor of, hey, let's build a wall of procedures to make this shit right and make it work. I don't think that's so much what the Honorable Donald J. Trump was meaning. I think it was build a physical wall and people a ran physical it. physical wall, right. And I didn't it. think that until he started fucking building it. <laughs> we'll see where it goes. Hey, bro, um, I need to, to be continue. Um, it's eight here and I got to... Um, watch I got, I got some plans i got some stuff going on with the wife we got a show to watch i'm gonna maybe try to get me a little loving in i don't know yet but uh we'll see have you watched the witcher yet the witcher no you need to watch the witcher all right your wife will love it uh it's hunky harry Kev- or henry Cavill, or the superman whoever superman is it's hunky him with fucking beautiful eyes and he slays shit anyway it's based off a video game you should fucking watch it. It's bomb. All right. Well, I mean, she married to to me, so she don't need to worry about none of that. She, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, right. Hunky, beautiful eyes. I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> All right, bro. Hey, I'm going to holler at you uh, real soon. We got uh, to be continued. All right. Sounds good. All right. I love you. Peace. Yep. Love you. Bye. Sure. you the same question well i'm always up i'm a i'm a night bird i stay up till probably three four five in the morning what time you start work um i usually go in about one. Oh yeah i used to work uh three to midnight for years for years but man i'm i'm always always up at night always i if I mean, I got to get up in the morning, so I try to be in bed by like 11, but really it's 12 or 1 before I'm ever in bed. No. You got to be up at 11, you said? No, that's usually, I try to be in bed by like 11, but it's usually 12 or 1. I, I wake up at 6.37 a.m. Oh, shit, dude, you're running on empty. Um, whatever. I mean, kids do that, right? Yeah, well, we're not kids anymore, bud. No, my kids, they drain the gas tank. Oh, that's right. Well, yeah, I suppose. I don't remember that anymore. Like, that's so long ago for me. 
Um, I, I'm actually, um, I'm proud of you. Like, like, um, what did I, I just had a conversation. I have very few friends and I try to explain to this new friend of mine that I have very few friends. I have you, I have another guy and that's, you know, really about it that I can, you know, call up and shoot the shit with, lay it on him if I have something to lay on. But I have very, very few friends. And this is a person who has, you know, hundreds of friends. Social butterfly type person. Mm-hmm. And she just didn't get that. I don't know. I get it. <laughs> I don't know. I only fuck with a few people. I mean, it's more It's more than two, but I mean, I keep the circle tight. You know. Yeah, I got, I got like two, plus this new friend that I was explaining stuff to. I'm yeah, so- I talk to other people, you know what I mean? Like, yes, I, I, I'm, a, I, I'm not a fucking ingrate. Like, I can talk to people. Yeah, I probably got... I'm very good at it. 12 people I really, like, really fuck with on, like, at an, an intimate level. Like, I fuck with you. Like, I love you. Like, I got probably, yeah, probably a right. dozen people. And then I guess you can, I, I would extend that relationship to, like, their spouses and kids, you know. But, like, really, like, 12, like, 12 people. I think it's all dudes. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, 12 honest <laughs> fucking good guys. Yeah. But I was in, uh, so when I was in Mississippi... In 2016, so I was there for two in 2014 for like a year, and then I went back in 2016, just military training for a couple of months. And that training class, there was I don't know 20 of us, and like the conversation turned to, you know, friends. And I was like, I just said, and it was, I was on steroids, and like in a fucked up mental spot. But like I straight up like told people like I was like, y'all are not my friends. Like we're in, like I, like and and that's a dickhead that's a dickheaded thing to say. No, Just, no, that's that's a you thing to do. Well, at at least at the time, like I don't know, I'm trying to evolve. Like I don't, I don't think anybody needs to have that projected on them. Whatever like was going on inside of myself well, at the that time. That might be fine, but you were also just being you. That's how you are. I remember you, you know, like you're not the norm. You're outside of the box. You always are a straightforward shooter, and you say what's on your mind. You always have. No you doubt. You might change your views down the road as you progress and get wiser, more experienced, more wisdom. But, dude, you're still going to fucking say exactly what's on your mind. It's it's an impulse. No doubt. I just, these days, I try to tailor it a little bit differently. And at that time, like, was, but I was, I was like, y'all are not my friends. Like, we're in this. We're here for two months. Where we have a relationship, and it's more than a, there should be a word for something between acquaintance and friend, like because there there's people there that I, I did like, I enjoyed their company, but I, I knew once the graduation date hit, like February 25th, like I'm not gonna see y'all ever again. Wait, wait, wait. There is like I have a work girlfriend, and not only she has a boyfriend. Yeah, and not only like, never, like those just, people, not only am I not going to see them, I'm not going to talk to them again, and that rained true. But Oh, shit. Yeah, it was a military situation. Like, I'm not going to see y'all ever again. And, the, you, and you really haven't ever talked to anyone that you went there with? No, it was uh, like an eight-week course, um, and I don't, you know, there's one dude that I kind of kind of started becoming a little friend friendly with, John Jackson, Johnny Jackson, cool cat, but like, you know, I don't, we don't, 
have any type of relationship, I would call him and I would have to explain to him who I am. I couldn't just be like, yo, All right. yo, yo, it's Daniel, you know, or <laughs> whatever. Let me ask you this, though. Is, is that because of the situation you were put in or because of the people you met? Say you met me for the first time in that situation. So was it the people that you met or was it the situation? Like you just didn't meet any cool people. No, some of them were cool. Like some of it was the people, but overall, like it would be the situation we're put in. Like it's a temporary situation. We're all going to opposite places after this. You know, we're only here for eight weeks. Life is pretty long. Like it's, it, we're all forgettable to each other. Like there's nobody there who's extremely memorable outside of the person you sat right next to or you know a few people you know it got clicky you know you formed your little click like three people had their thing and four other people had their thing you know me and johnny did our thing and so like a couple of us have a little bit of memory but more or less it's just yo it's let's get in and out of here let's pass this class and go back to work so no i understand i i hear that a thousand percent because um my course was nine weeks Wait, no, nine months. Sorry, not eight, not weeks. So that's different. But like, I don't, I don't, I don't talk to many of those people that I went to school with either. Though. Uh, so no. I had, I had, I was when I was in Mississippi in 2014. Before that, la- I was there for from January to like late August, so the better part of a year. But I like two of those dudes. Uh, there was five of us in the class, and. Two of them, one of them's here now. He's one of my boys. He's in that that dirty dozen I was talking about. He's in my vet check group. We meet up every Thursday, pre-quarantine anyways. And uh, that's my dude. And then another dude out of that class, he's in Oklahoma. I check in on him. He just had his first kid. You know, he's like 25, 26. I give him a shout like, yo, man, what's good? You know, just check in on life on him. See what's up. He's lived a life. And now he's a, you know, he had... He, I don't want to ruin his story. I don't want to spoil it. But he had situations go on in his life where his dad wasn't around, and now I just output to him like, "Yo, dude, you gotta you gotta make up for for your lack of a pop. Like you gotta be a better pop." So it's so I check in on a couple of them, but we spent you know eight nine months together, and then stayed in touch. That's different than like a two month quick turnaround. At least in that setting, like I don't know. It's just, I don't know if it's time. But yeah, I mean, in part it was the people, in part it was me. Like we got to take ownership of everything. So I don't know. Just all situations are different. How you build and like, what I guess I'm always as forward thinking as possible. I try to live like it's impossible, but I try to live with with reading the writing on the wall and what this decision is going to be. And I knew in my heart of hearts, there's not enough time for me to develop a relationship with anybody here. So I don't know if it's walls or whatever, but just knowing we're just doing this thing. We're all staying in different hotel rooms uh, all across southern Mississippi. Like, we're all miles apart. So it's really as bad as, as dickhead as it sounds. It's not worth my time to build a relationship with you because I'm not going to see you again. I just want to get through this and go back to my, my, my tall, fine, blonde woman. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right, now. This might sound racist, but you called the pot. Wait, what is it? Say, the pot is calling the kettle black? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> anyway, you brought up pot. Pot? And, and like marijuana? You know, stirring, the, stirring the pot or whatever with the pot. Okay. But the pot is filled 
with fucking indis- indecent people, losers, fucking morons, absolutely inadequate people to even fucking breathe the air we breathe. For real. What do you think about that? Because there is so many stupid motherfuckers out there that are just beyond dumb. Like, they're the ones that wear shorts when it's negative 30 below zero because they're so dumb they don't feel cold. Well, what you going to do about stupid people? I, I, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're wait, around. Wait, 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 wait. I think China had the fucking idea, and then my mom got it. <laughs> I had to try to take out some of the dumber ones who were eating bats. Um... Uh, I think you're around the wrong people. I don't. I don't know. That sounds like you're projecting. I don't. I'm around beautiful people, great parents, great leaders, great entrepreneurs. Oh no! Great community no, no, no. members. Yes, yes, I, yes. Directly, you, you like, don't. You don't look around and you don't see the other people around you. I remember when I was in Arizona, I picked um, Elise up from her fucking place that she worked for the company. At, um, green. Uh, what did they do? Shot. Assad company and I watched a fucking woman tip over her fucking grocery cart with two children in it onto the sidewalk mm-hmm. that's that's my memory of Phoenix Arizona <laughs> no shit uh, I, there's dumb people that, that, there's, that's there's what I people. take away from Phoenix Arizona is this fucking woman with babies in her cart that fell over and she let her babies fall onto the concrete and then just picked them up and put them back and kept on going. Yeah, what are you supposed to do? You got to pick them up. Well, I dropped my... <laughs> what? what? My kid fell off the bed, hit the ground, you know, drop them every now and then. What, what you going to do? They're stupid people. I mean, people and people do... And smart people do stupid things. So, I, I don't yeah, know. But right. No, no, I, I will agree with that. Smart people make mistakes that's not stupid people smart people make mistakes that's not stupid people stupid people make the fucking same goddamn stupid decision every day all right but my direct circle like everybody who i interact with on a regular basis is in a different lane than that like we're all contributing trying to be positive trying to be good parents trying to be good members of society trying to input into our community have a say in our community have our voices be heard and help those other people as far as that being your impression of phoenix i don't know that shit happens man you say, <laughs> you know shit happens i, I love <laughs> I thought Arizona. it was funny i thought it was funny i would like to, i wanted to share it with you yeah, I mean that that would be hilarious to see. I mean, I presume it's a cart falling over. No, it, no, it was it, fucking nobody. terrifying. I'm like, what the fuck is going? On? I was high as fuck. <laughs> that should be happening, man. <laughs> Drive through a just just smoke a little bit of weed, go through a parking lot, and then everything happens to you. Like, what the fuck is happening? Why did? Like, oh my god, it was ridiculous. It was like out of a movie. I don't know. That that's funny, man, but. Yeah, I don't know. I ain't got. I don't have much follow up. <laughs> it sounds like it'd be funny to see. It seems like a cart falling over ain't gonna do too much damage physically to a child. So, well, like I said, she picked them back up, threw them back on the cart, and kept going. Yeah, man. Got to make them tough, like right? Nothing happened. Got to make them tough, right? <laughs> Some level of toughness you got to put in. <laughs> Built Ford. Fuck. Wait, is it Ford tough yeah. or is it Chevy tough? No. I, I don't know. I'm not a Chevy. fucking car guy. Chevy's like a rock. 
So yeah, Chevy's like a rock. That's right. Mm-mm. All right then, man. Well, fuck. I just wanted to say what's up. I'm uh, I gotta go do the dishes and shit, man. I clean my house regularly. I do the kitchen every night. I clean up. Do you really? Every night I do the kitchen, do the dishes, counters, you know, sweep up the floor, all of that. And then, like, once a week I do I clean the whole house. And then I dust, like, every two weeks. But by clean the house, I mean scrub the toilets and the sinks and all of that jazz. Well, that's commendable that you actually have a routine for that. Got to, man. I grew up with, I mean, in trailers and apartments, like, I've got my first house. Like, I'm proud of this house. It's a beautiful home. You know, we got to upkeep it. You know, we talk about pandemics outside, motherfuckers getting clean. Like, I've been pandemic ready. I I was born pandemic ready. I take take care of this house. I keep it clean. I clean off. I clean, I clean the light switches and shit. Like, I, Dude, I, I we're, we're fucking Y2K ready. We were, we were born for this. <laughs> that millennium shit. Yeah, you remember that? <laughs> Here's what I remember. I remember being home, and when it hit midnight, we were on John Street. We are in the trailer park, and the fucking the lights went off and on. Just There was like a power surge. I don't know, but that, and that was it. Like when the, that was it? That, and I don't know if that happened all around Eau Claire. I don't know if that was just on John Street. No, I was up at, I was up at Grandma and Grandpa's up in um, Bear Lake. Grandma bought four fucking generators. We had an entire fucking three years stocked worth of food and water. Yeah, you're from that bloodline of motherfuckers who are buying up all the goddamn toilet paper right now. Well, no. But in Y2K, absolutely. (laughs) I I didn't buy it then. I... I have, I don't like I said I don't go to Walmart. I, I look at these fools out here swarming in packs in groups of fucking hundreds, and I'm like, dude, this is exactly what they're telling you not to fucking do. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't I haven't been to Walmart. I don't know. I try <laughs> I try to just stay away from Walmart in in general in my life. It's not, it's not. I might get I might get COVID nineteen just from the fucking breath of all these fuckers at Walmart and Sam's Club. I can literally throw a baseball in at Sam's Club. You live close enough. I'm in close enough proximity that motherfucker. The duration of time I've been around COVID nineteen got me fucked up. <laughs> like I'm fucked. Mm-mm. All right, man. Well, shit. anyway. Uh, hey, um, give my ju- mom, give my mom a fucking buzz on instant messenger or something. Mm, yeah. Let her know that I'm gonna call her tomorrow. Let her know she's all right. I'm gonna call her tomorrow. Yeah, I already planned on that. Yeah, yeah, she's all right. All right, for sure, man. All right, bro, be cool. I love you. We'll talk to you later. All right, love you. Bye. Sure.
Splatter. Oh, I like that quilt. You sing a song? I keep a deep pipe to cry for the heart. I keep a deep to so can die away. And the itsy bitsy spider went up to start a game? Yeah. Yeah. So what's up, son? Well the bus. Are we on the bus? Mm-hmm. 